Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Good morning once again, everybody. Welcome to church today. We're in week two of a series that we started last Sunday called Fresh. And this week we're talking about fresh strength. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 6 through 31. But don't worry, I won't, I won't share all of those with you this morning. Give you some time to do that on your own. But 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 says this, David strengthened himself with trust in his God. This word strengthened here is used, that is used, it's the same word that God used in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, when he said, haven't I commanded you strength, courage, don't be timid, don't be discouraged. God is your God and he is with you every step you take. A few years ago, I bought a, I bought a newer pickup to me. It wasn't brand new, but it was newer to me. And I bought it and there was, there was, so there wasn't a dealer to go over all the features and all the, show you all the things. And uh, I had had the previous pickup for 14 years. And so let's just say that technology had come a long way, right? And so there were all these features on this pickup. And so for a few months, actually, I just kept I kept, I kept finding things that this thing would do. It warns you about when you're going from one lane to another. It'll, it'll warn you if you don't put your blinker on. Well, I, I grew up in Portales. We didn't use blinkers, right? So, so that the seat would vibrate and the, the steering wheel would pull a little bit and, and all, the, all sorts of things. And I got to thinking, uh, how many things on this pickup really do what I, what I just not use? How many of these things, there's just stuff on there, right? It, it's nice it's there. But I don't know that I'm really taking all that much advantage of using it. Got me to thinking, did Jesus, did Jesus pray for things on the cross that we never use? Did he think about things that you and I just never use? The word strength is translated from a Hebrew word that's used more than 300 times in the Bible. And at the root of its meaning, it means to seize or to be strong, to strengthen. So why did God, why did God command Joshua and David, both of these guys, he commanded them, why did he command them to be strong? Listen, here it is. Because their situation demanded strength. So God commands them to be strong. Please understand, the strength of God is always connected to a specific opportunity. God's strength for you is always connected to a specific opportunity. Did God need David to slay a giant? Did God need Joshua to march around the walls of a city? For sure he did. So he gave them the strength to do that, right? He gave those guys that strength because he had that specific task in mind for them. He had a purpose. He had a a destiny for them that only they could accomplish. Not in their strength. They could have not done it on their own strength, but in the strength that God provided to them. So here's my question for you. What is your opportunity? What is your opportunity to provide fresh strength? Your opportunity. Where is it? What is it? Are you representing? You, I mean, excuse me. You are representing uh, God to the people around you. Let me ask you: Are you doing that well? Do we do we do that okay? I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes I do that well. Sometimes I don't do that so well. And uh, but that's our job as followers of Christ, as, as as children of God. We're to represent God to the people around us. 
And so, so just, just kind of evaluate that you're, where you are on this right now. Are you doing this well? Is God's strength represented in you in telling other people about Jesus and showing your life, the changed life that God has provided for you? Because that's really our job. And here's one thing I, I know real well. It's better when people do their job. How many of you believe that it's just better when we do our jobs, right? It's better when I'm at McDonald's when they ask, do you want ketchup or, or, or ranch or whatever, right? It's better. It's better. Um, it's always better for them to say, do you want to supersize this? <laughs> well, maybe not. But it's, it's better when people do their job. We appreciate a job done well. So what is your opportunity for fresh strength? This is exactly the reason that you need fresh strength to handle the task or the, the opportunities that God brings your way. It's time for you to seize the opportunity and see it accomplished in your life. And guys, that's going to require fresh strength. We're talking about the, the series we're in, talked about being fresh. We need, a, it's a brand new day. There's a new opportunity, right? A freshness, right? So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, You are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of the darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders through the world, right? So again, he's talking about our job as followers of Christ. That word priest there, it represents people to God and God to people. How are we living that out? How we're living that out? How are we giving that out? We're giving that out as grace to the people around us. And the grace that we've received is the grace we can, we can extend out. That word fresh, right? Fresh, part of a, a famous metaphor that, that we've, we've seen. We talked about it last week. But Jesus uses it in scripture to explain the kingdom of God. It's, it's talking about wine and wineskins, right? The wineskin in which the, 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 the thing that they held the wine in, you, you can't put new wine in an old wineskin because it would rupture, it would, it would break, right? And so this newness, so God says, I'm going to bring something new, right? Bring something new. What did he bring us? He brought us Jesus, he brought us his son, right? I, I can't even, even show you. I can show you layers and, and facets of the kingdom of God, right? That God really gives to us as his followers. But he says this. He says, I'll send, I'll send my spirit and he will show up, right? He will show up. Main thing here is this. It requires something new. New always requires fresh, fresh right? Jesus uses that illustration of a wine and wineskin, and, and that would require that freshness, right? That fresh thing, that fresh utensil, right? Jesus said this, he says, it'd be better, it's going to be better for you. He's telling his disciples, when I go away, because then I can send my Holy Spirit to be with you wherever you are and empower you in the moment of your greatest need to empower you right where you are. What is he talking about? He's talking about fresh strength. He's talking about that. And so it'd be necessary for them to discard some old ideas and to develop a new mindset. Really in this entire series, we're talking about that, just having a new mindset. It's what's amazing is this. The Bible is filled with stories of expanding mindsets, 
changing mindsets that provide fresh strength. That's what it does. It, God, God is good, yet he's, he's all powerful, right? He's good, but he's powerful. Jesus, Jesus was a carpenter, yet he has all authority in heaven and on the earth. Literally every page of the Bible brings a new discovery of a mindset change. Abraham, Abraham discovered Old people can have babies, right? Jonah survives three days in the belly of a well and discovered after that that enemies can convert. They can, they can be converted, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, they discovered that fire doesn't harm you when God is in the furnace with you, right? When he's with you. Ezekiel discovered that dead bones could be resurrected and become a powerful army if God breathes on them. And the the disciples, they discover that Jesus could multiply food. He could quieten the storm. He could raise the dead. He could speak life where death existed. And Peter discovered that, that, that God loves Gentiles, Paul discovered that God loves even murderers. See, there's a mindset change throughout the pages of Scripture. What you will discover about what you will discover about God. What, what will you discover about yourself? I'm telling you today, you can discover fresh strength, but it comes, it comes by expanding your perception of faith. In this journey that we're on, you might say, well, well, I've dreamed, but none of those dreams have come true. Maybe you've suffered loss as a family. Where is the goodness of God in that? Right. There's questions. There's let let me just say to you, God is big enough to handle those questions. You should ask those questions to him. You should approach God with those things on your mind. Often God's people struggle to keep their enthusiasm sometimes, not evil, not walking away from God, just plain old exhausted, right? Just exhausted. Long-term disappointments begin to set in. Listen, those things, long-term disappointments, remember this, can only be defeated by fresh strength. Long-term disappointments can only be defeated by fresh strength. Listen, we're talking about developing a new mindset, right? Developing that. And and the greatest hindrance to God's plan isn't the devil. It's it's not generational curses. It's the greatest hindrance to God's God's plan is, is the intentions and the mindset of God's very own people. That's what it is. See, the children of Israel... They didn't enter into the promised land because their mindset couldn't contain the new. So it took them years of trying, of wanting, of desiring, but they were held back because they literally couldn't contain the new. So I want to I I take you into a story this morning, a little bit of an obscure story in the pages of Scripture. First, Cham- First Samuel, excuse me, chapter 30. There's a strange story about David, and he had already been selected king but this is, this is not an easy internship. David is in a very difficult place. In, in, a, in a palace, he's dodging spears, right? Thrown at him by the crazy guy that's, that's above him, right? He has a price on his head because of Saul's jealousy for him. But David's trying to be good. He's trying to do what he needs to do. But he finds himself 
out in the wilderness. He has to escape. He has to get out of, the, out of there. And he has to go out into the wilderness. And I'll just tell you that our mindsets are formed in the wilderness. Our mindset is often formed out there because wilderness brings out the best and the worst in people. It's a great place to meet with God. It's a really good place. It's literally facing the odds, either die or become king is what David, where David was at, right? In the wilderness, I just want to show you this. In the wilderness, David collects, he collects wilderness people because that's who's, that's who's out there. He collects them, not professionals, not the socialites, not the powerful, not those in, 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 in the in crowd, none of that. He collects the wilderness people. He gathers misfits and social outcasts, but they become this formidable force, right? That's, they, that's a picture really of the church is what's taking place there. I don't know about you, but is anyone else surprised? Is anyone else surprised like me at the kind of people that God turns into spiritual forces for this world, right? What, what are you doing running around with, with, with church people? Well, suddenly you become one of those people who love God and are walking according to his purpose in your life, and it changes everything. Listen, God doesn't use cleaned up, perfect people. He uses all people, right? It's the Bible says if anyone should come to him, he'll make him a brand new creature, right? He changes our life. And so, but in seasons of unknown, David gets tired. He just gets tired. He gets overwhelmed. He gets overwhelmed with running, right? He's running for his life. He's doing all these things. He's disappointed with people. He's disappointed with those. He's tired of eating wilderness food. He's, he's sick of being out there, right? And so what he, he does something really strange. He actually takes on 600 soldiers into a mercenary employment against Israel's own army, his army, okay? He, he kind of flips the tables and he, again, and the Philistine king, right? Akhlesh, right? And he's literally living, David is with his 600 men. He's living with the enemy, double crossing them, pretending to attack his own people, but actually taking loot from the other enemies, right? Bringing it out bringing it to the Philistines, not saying this is right. I'm just telling you this is David's story in this passage of scripture, right? What do do we get out of that? Listen, God doesn't call nice people to repent. He calls all people to repent, okay? All people. Philistine, the Philistines who they were against the nation of Israel, who were David's enemy, they gave him a place to live. It's a place called Ziglag. Ziklag. And, and, and it means it's a place called, it's pressed down. One day David and his men are on a mission. And while they're away, the, a, a, another army comes in and their wives and their children were captured or killed. Their, their homes were burned to the ground. It was, they, it was a complete captivity. They, they took over. And the Bible says that when David and his men come back to their homes, it says they burst out in loud wails. They were begin to just, they were emotional. They were distraught and they wept. They were, they were exhausted from their weeping. Then because of their disappointment, a lot of them, they, they turned on David. Oftentimes we see this in a, in a difficult moment. People turn on the leader, right? They turn against leadership and they, they, they plot to kill David even 
And David's supposed to be king in this moment. He's, he's supposed to be, remember, he'd already been anointed the king of Israel. He's supposed to be giving them purpose. He's supposed to be giving them provision, right? Loving, caring for these people. And I'll just tell you, sometimes leadership is hard. Sometimes leadership's hard. Everybody wants to lead until it's time to do leadership stuff, right? It's, it's difficult sometimes. In, in chapter 30, verse 6, it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Listen, in the middle of the, the smoldering rubble of Ziklag, David prays, David worships, and then he calls his pastor, right? He calls out to his pastor that spiritual leadership in his life, and he, he has him join with him. And, and it says this, then David prayed to God, shall I go after these raiders? Shall I go after them? Can I catch them? And God speaks back to David and says, go after them. Yes, you'll catch them and make rescue. So after receiving direction from God, he and his 600 men, they begin the journey after those people that had raided that village of Ziklag. And after 15 miles, they come to a river and it says 200 of the 600 men were so exhausted that they could not continue on. Listen, maybe you've been right there. Maybe you've been exhausted. Maybe your faith is just tapped out, right? Lost hope. Your joy is gone. Dreams seemingly never going to be realized. These things are all just stirring in your heart. And you give into that. This is it. This is over. It's as far as you can go. I don't know how many people I've talked to recently that that's where they are right now. This is precisely, guys, why I believe God has brought us to this place, calling us to something fresh, something new, right? That God is going to do something. He's doing something within our lives. He's doing something in our, in our community. And I call you out, man. I call you, I call you out to say, will you allow God to do something fresh and new in you? Would you be part of a movement of people who want to see the hand of God rest upon our city, rest upon our church, rest upon our friends and family, the neighbors, the people that we love, that we care about, but we're just watching the enemy of their soul bring destruction into their life. I'm calling you to be, to join up, but be praying with us, be encouraged. God's doing something fresh, right? Share this, share the message with people around you. I, I just know God's doing something and I want you to be a part of it. God's called us to do this and we are certainly a part of that. Mm. After receiving that direction, I want you to see 200 of the 600 men they're just too exhausted. They can't go on. They're, they're, they're tapped out. And, and this is why we need, we do, we need that fresh word from God again, right? We need that freshness. When we open the scripture, we need that, that print to jump off the page at us one more time. When we spend time in prayer, when we see, spend time in worship and sing to God, I, I don't know about you, but I, I just, I desire, I'm hungry, right? For, for that freshness again. Well, see David's world right here. It seems like it's crumbling. It seems like it's fading, right? He prays, he worships, he calls in his leader, right? And it seems like it's literally collapsing. And then David, David the, then, then, then there's grumbling among the ranks, right? That's always, it always tends to happen, right? They just return from battle. They just return. And now the whole group's weary. They're all, some of you know what it's like. Listen, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about to exhaust your resources. The hope's gone. The faith's gone. The joy seems to be lagging behind, right? 
the loss of a dream, the loss of a desire. I'll just tell you, in the last few weeks, I have talked to, there's been six people that have called me in the last three weeks that were personally dealing with this point of exhaustion to the point of contemplating suicide. There's a moment right now. There's a tipping point. This is a, this is a moment in our culture, in our world. And I believe we've got to speak new life and new hope and new dreams and new faith and renewed freshness into the people around us. So 200 of the 600, so David has 400 men remaining, 400 soldiers. The Bible says they cross the brook and they push deeper into the Badlands country and they find no trace of the bad guys. And this is where the story turns. They come across a sick Egyptian man And instead of kicking the guy aside, they give him water and they give him food. They give him rest. They give him a place to to stay. Listen, because David knew what it was like to be out there all alone and in need, David, his heart, his heart is of compassion and outreach to this this person they come across. Listen, there's going to be times in your life when, when the need is so deep, the only person who can encourage you is you. And you've got to learn to encourage yourself in God, in the Lord, the Bible says. And David, he's come to this place. Psalm chapter 36, verse 10 and, and 12 says this. This is literally David crying out to God in a moment. And he says, Lord, keep pouring out your, of your unfailing love on those who are near you. Release more of your blessings to those who are loyal to you. Don't let these proud boasters trample me down. Don't let them push me around by their sheer strength of their wickedness. Where they lie in the dirt, these evil ones thrown down to the ground never to rise again. You've got to see this. What David received, he gave to the Egyptian man. What he had received in his time of need, in his time of wondering, in his time of unknown, in his time of unrest, what he had in his time of fear, right? What he had received, he's giving now to this Egyptian man, food, water, protection, provision, because that's what God's people do right? We give grace to those who need it. We've received grace. We also give it out. And by giving, we're strengthened. That's just simply how it works. And so it turns out this, this Egyptian man wasn't just the, the average guy wandering around, not knowing where he's at or what. No, he was a servant of the Amalekite soldiers left behind to die. So the, the, the army that, that David is chasing, he's, he's one of them, but he's been left behind to die. And so, so he re- receives this freshness from David and his men, right? And th- then, so this man makes them a deal that they couldn't refuse, <laughs> right? He makes them a deal and he reveals the location of the army. And now they're, they're literally sitting ducks for David and his men. This is how God often works, right? When we cooperate, when we're generous, when we're kind, when we're loving, when we're gracious to other people, like God has been gracious to us, 
things, doors just seem to open. Things tend to start working out. And, and the Bible says that the recovery was fantastic, right? It was awesome. David pounced, right? He fought them, it says, from before sunrise until the evening of the next day. That's a, that's a, that's a long battle. And David rescued everything, this is what the Bible says, that the Amalekites had taken. They rescued their families who had been captured. Nothing and no one was missing. David recovers literally everything. I, I love it. Everything lost returned. Everything that was taken, stolen away, given back, right? All the loot that the Amalekites were carrying. This is a fantastic, ridiculous triumph again for the children of God, right? Best part is this. The best part, check it out. 400, 400 joined back up with the 200 that's left behind, right? Happy wives return, children are returned to families. There's hugging, kissing, confetti cannons going off the whole nine yards, right? There's a barbecue taking place, no question. But finders keepers, right? The 400 found everything, so they get to keep everything, right? No. No, remember there were 200... They were too tired to continue on. They started with 600 and they're very quickly. Now they're down to 400 and the 400 when returning now begin to bristle a little bit at the idea of giving back and giving up all that had been taken for the 200 were so exhausted that they couldn't even continue on. And I believe that we see this prevalent in our lives sometimes when we run across, listen, they might've thought, listen, they should have fought with us. They should have summoned the courage to move forward with us. Instead, listen, sometimes we have this idea, weak people do not get the goods. And to be honest, I kind of, I kind of agree, right? And here, here, but here's another moment where David's leadership is tested and he speaks up. Check out what he says. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 23 through 25. Everything we have is a gift from God. And we share it with all who are being saved by God. We share it with all who are saved by God. The victory was grace. It was grace. And, and grace we share. Grace we, we give away. We treat people with the grace that we've received. Real quickly, three ideas about fresh strength. Strength. Number one, the Lord gives strength. Verse six says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. He found fresh strength again. He found it again. Philippians 4.13 says, this is Paul. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. Who what? Who gives me strength, not achievement, whatever circumstance I face, right? I know that God gives me strength, not, not just on what I'm good at, but in every circumstance that God will strengthen me. Jesus said this in Matthew verse 11 or chapter 11, verse 28, come to me all who are weary and heavy, and I will give you strength. I will give you refreshing. I will make things Fresh again. I will give that to you. Grace, guys, really is amazing. It's amazing. And we don't deserve it. We totally don't deserve it. A fresh mindset requires moving from abstract ideas, right? Grace, strength, anointing, love to specific names 
and situations, okay? Listen, this is more than a Sunday school Christianity. This is more than that. This is tied to, to the pain in your past. This is tied to the, 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 the freedom in your future. This is the conversations that might be difficult that will result in a weight being lifted off of you and you walking in confidence. It is that newness. It's life changing. It's God giving you strength, right? Fresh strength for today. Discover strength in your story, not, not your neighbor, not somebody, your story. God has a spirit led strategy just for you and strengthening you along this journey. Okay. Number two, strength comes from seeking. It comes from seeking him. Verse eight. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue? He's asking God. He's, he's wanting to know. And, and let me just say, some, some people ask me like, how do I hear from the Lord? Well, do you ask him for things? Do you, do you talk to him? Are you wanting to hear the wisdom that God has for you? Right. And God answers. He says, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and, and without fail recover all right? Here's the point. He didn't bury himself in self-pity. He didn't just say, this is a hard season. This is a difficult time. He didn't throw his hands up and say, if this is how God is, then forget it, right? Listen, don't expect to live fresh if you're not willing to seek God and do what he says, right? Seek. He seeks you First, Jesus said that he came to seek and to save those who were lost. We were all lost. Every one of us were lost, right? But at some point, it's our turn to seek him, to seek and follow after him. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, when you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure that you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. The God's, that's, it, that's the scripture, guys. God wants to turn things around for you, just for you. Verse, or, or number three, it's strengthen or strengthen caring. Also, they go together. Strength and caring go together. David's caring was communal right? It was communal. It was grace filled, not just the 400 mighty men, even the 200 exhausted men. They also got the grace, right? It's not just those who have it together and are, and are living according to the way that we desire or the way that we think that, that they should, right? It's, it's that God gives grace to all people. Listen, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Okay. Jesus Christ came for all mankind. It doesn't matter how far away from God you think you might be. He loves you enough to strengthen you and to give you a freshness for today, for right now. Then in verse 25, it says, David sent the spoils of battle to Judah, to Ramoth, and other cities I can't pronounce. (laughs) And these gifts filled the land with the awareness of David, his victory, his generosity. I want you to see this. David didn't send these gifts thinking, I bet they want me to be king after this. No, no, no. He did. He just did a good thing. He just did a good thing. Sometimes people think that about other people that are doing good. Listen, I will never shrink back 
for doing to do good just because I think someone might think, well, he's just doing it. No, no, no. We want to do a good thing. He shared what he had received. I believe we can be people just like that. And then the next chapter of David's life, Saul disappears, right? David rules, right? Please don't miss this. His generosity and willingness to lead in a difficult time literally sets the stage for David to be be a successful king. I'm going to say it again. His generosity and willingness to lead during a hard time, during a difficult season, during a wilderness kind of experience, literally sets the stage for David to be a successful king when he gets into that office. Let me ask you a question. What What if the thing that exhausts you is the thing that will exalt you? What if the thing that in the last few years, months, days, has literally been weighing on you, What if that's the thing, if you just keep pushing through, if you keep inquiring of God, listening for his wisdom, opening the scriptures, gathering godly people around you, what if that thing eventually exalts you to where God has for you? That the thing that almost destroys you becomes a place that you discover something new, something fresh, a new aspect of God's goodness, a new aspect of his love for you. The thing that almost broke you becomes your breakthrough, right? Right? Then then you would live what? You would live, say it, fresh. You would live fresh. That's the definition, guys, of fresh strength. We got to step into that. Listen, for some of us, it's time to dream again. It's time to lit, just really dream again. Look, look around and say, this, this might be tough, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move past this moment. How do we get there? Dreams, determination, commitment, right? He, to be led by the, the very spirit of God and a freshness will begin to come into our lives. So what, what you give someone else is what you often will receive. So let, let me just ask you, I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about money. Think about this. What about hope? What about love? What about joy? What about kindness? What about these things? I, I pray, I pray as a congregation, we, we, will give, we, we will give one another not only what we have, but I pray we give what we desire. Right? A few years ago, our church, we did this back when we were in the middle of a, the worst drought that our area had ever seen, right? Many people say, we actually, I, I, we actually as, as a commitment that year, as a missions project, we dug some wells in Africa and provided water for children. Let me tell you a little story. When we dug that well, that first well in Africa, the missionary called me a few days later and he said, we put an over, overhead water storage tank there at the well and it's a pump jack. They had, would have to pump the water by hand to, to bring the water out of the ground and they would do that in fill containers to take home. And he said, I crawled up on top of that container. And by the time we got the container set and strapped to the ground, he said there were over 5,000 people waiting for a drink of water that a church in Tucumcari, New Mexico provided. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you got to give what you need the most. And I believe when we do, I believe as we do, I believe when we breathe that life into the people in our community and the surrounding area, listen, God will, he will supply everything that we need. And I believe he even gives us the desires of our heart, as the scriptures say. 
So can I just, I just ask you, what is it right now? What is it in your life that you need strengthened in? What area of your life? What part of your life right now would you just say to God, God, this is the, this is the thing, and you inquire of him. And you be strengthened today. I'm going to pray over you. God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for every single person that's listening, that's watching, that's tuning in, that's, that's paying attention. And God, most importantly, that is receiving what they need from you. Because God, we don't do this for us. We do this for every person that might receive from you exactly what they need. God, I pray blessing and hope. I pray, I pray salvation. I pray a fullness of their spirit today. God, you resurrect some things in the lives of people and give brand new dreams. May you breathe again on your people and inspire them for the days ahead. We love you. We thank you. God, we thank you today for being with us. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.